Joining us, thank you for being here on a live edition of the Randy Tobler Show here on a Labor Day weekend. Hope you're having a nice uh, weekend. The weather's beautiful. Getting the grill all uh, readied. Make sure you scrape off the stuff from, you know, whatever you grilled last. <laughs> last time I did that, I forgot I had a, a nylon brush. And I had heated up the grill and I started to melt the nylon brush. So I don't know. I should get a metal brush. There's Leah Olmstead. She is my producer and I am Randy Tobler. Hope you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, or uh, Rumble. If you're a rumbler, uh, getting a lot of momentum there with our live uh, podcast and our video cast. In just a little bit, we're going to be talking with Gabe Pfeiffer, of course, uh, who along with Mike Ferguson bring you fantastic uh, programming every uh, Monday through Friday here on News Talk STL. And he just happens to be, oh, just one of his hobbies is a rocket scientist. We have some breaking news that the Artemis uh, launch planned for later this morning uh, may be uh, in trouble again because of this fuel leak thing. I have to understand what this is all about. It It's frightening to me that NASA, NASA can't get it right. But maybe it's so complex that, um, well, sort of like, sort of like pregnancy and birth. I often have to deal with the tragedy of, of miscarriage and, and it's so confusing and confounding to couples that are having a baby and, and then, um, you know, a miscarriage happened. It's just so sad. And the only thing I can say is this is like the most complex thing in the whole universe is the miracle of life. And, um, once in a while it, it doesn't work out and that doesn't really comfort anyone, but at least maybe it's a, a bit of some comfort that there's rarely, rarely anything a patient does or didn't do that causes it because that's but in this case i'm wondering if there's an error of omission or commission we'll talk to uh talk to to gabe about that in in the, the 425 block and then at 445 we talked to scott powell um who's a a real patriot and an author uh as well we'll talk to him as we wrap it up in this labor day uh bookend holiday of the summer Wanted to talk with you about uh, one Jeremy Ballard. I don't know if you've seen the video. The, the video doesn't come across well, but Jeremy Ballard is now on administrative leave uh, from the Coscob Elementary School in Greenwich, Connecticut. Well, Randy, what are you talking about? Well, perhaps you saw a Project Veritas video that had gone viral. It doesn't play well here on the air because there's a lot of background noise going. Noise going. But but this is uh, where, you know, they're taking the video and the person being interviewed doesn't know that they're being videoed. There seems to always be alcohol involved. You know, Leah, <laughs> these Project Veritas, remember when the uh, remember on the uh, on the uh, oh, what was it about the abortion one, you know, mm -hmm. and uh and when they the gal was drinking wine and talking about the baby parts and how they save certain parts for, you know, experimentation from Planned Parenthood, remember? Ooh, and man. in this video with this guy, he's drinking a cocktail, and then he's drinking a Mai Tai, and then he's drinking wine. At any rate, they get these people loosened up, and then they start talking. This guy is an assistant principal in elementary school, and he talks clearly about wanting to only hire 
through his filtering questions, he filters out applicants for employment there for teachers. <laughs> and he says his his goal is to 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 hire leftist teachers who will indoctrinate the children in subtle ways so that they will vote Democrat. I'm not kidding you. And <laughs> and so he then says that he tries to identify and he doesn't ask him, are you religious? And then are you Catholic? But when he finds out that they're Catholic, he specifically says, well, I, I don't go any further. We don't hire him. Then he goes on to say, if he finds they're conservative, he doesn't hire them. Wow. But wait, there's more. Sounds like an infomercial for like the, the flex seal stuff. Then he says at one point, you know, by the time people are 40, they get older and they get more conservative. So, you know, I tend not to want to hire people that are 40 ish. I, he tells a story of about a woman who was 40 and applied and he didn't hire her. He'd rather have a 30 year old because they're more likely to be progressive, progressive, progressive. And uh, and that way they can really bring up the children in the right way. Oh, I mean, it's frightening. It's chilling stuff. And if you think, folks, that this isn't going on subliminally and not so subliminally in school districts across the nation, perhaps here in the Metro St. Louis area, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Particularly in uh, more uh, uh, liberal leaning and blue jurisdictions. In fact, St. Louis County is heading more that way now. That might be happening in a school district near you. How do we find out about those hiring practices? I mean, this guy ought to be prosecuted for discrimination. I don't know what can what can be done. He's on administrative leave. The Department of Education in, in Connecticut is looking at this. But you know that these kind of practices are going on. It's, it's racism on the one hand when it comes to those issues. It's ageism on the other hand. It's uh, discriminating against people because of their political beliefs. Or the religion. I mean, this is clearly against any law, much less any ethics. And we're in that time in this country where people think that by virtue of their influence, that they can that they can somehow they've got the right to do that in the hiring sphere and teaching our children indoctrinating. I mean, no wonder there was a flight during pandemic, as you, many of you learned as you looked over your children's shoulders during the during the lockdowns and the hybrid or sometimes totally virtual education, talk about, talk about, you know, looking under the covers, <laughs> turning over some stones and looking under the rocks. There were some scorpions there. The scorpion under those rocks was leftist indoctrination by our teachers, socialist, Marxist, critical race theory, the whole deal. And now I think uh, parents who are now knocking on the doors of board meetings and maybe teachers' uh, curricula meetings are walking into the classroom and saying, I'd like to take in a little bit of this history class, this civics class, maybe this even this English class. It, it's, it's important that you guys stay active, especially if you're in the public schools. Now, look, I'm a graduate of a public school. The Lindbergh School District, fantastic district. When I went there, Great district where my kids went there. But that was 10, 15 years ago when my last child graduated. And I'm telling you, there's something going on in our school system, largely led by the education. It starts at the, at the higher educational institutions, right? In the schools of, of education, in the colleges in, in which those schools are embedded, the mantra is, uh, we believe in freedom of speech. We be as long 
only includes leftist, socialist, Marxist uh, indoctrination. That then, of course, infiltrates into the educational sphere. That's what the progressives said they were going to do in the early 20th century. Is it any wonder that the vast majority of teachers come from that kind of a, of a mindset? And then when they get the likes of Randy Weingarten manipulating the CDC for lockdowns, which is the very worst thing that could have ever happened to not only the actual upbringing of our children, it's no wonder that uh, we're in the mess we're at now, where recent test scores show that uh, plummeting science, uh, math and English st scores, right? And, wh and what's going to happen? What are we going to do? Well, I think we need to stay on top of it. This, as, as the fall semester unfolds, we need to stay on top of what our children are bringing home, what they're learning. If they're now, of course, I think all the schools are now in-person learning, we need to take a look at what they're, be t what, they're, what, they're, what they're learning. We need to look at the supplementary material. We need to look at the actual textbooks and see what are being taught. Because unless we do that, unless we stay on top of it, and unless we go to school board meetings, if we suspect that there's some critical race theory being taught by any other name, if there's some kind of 1619 revisionist history being taught by any other name, we need to call it out. Now, of course, look over your shoulder because the, the DOJ may be, you know, maybe threatening you with some kind of a terrorist accusation, God forbid, but who knows? I mean, Merrick Garland said we need to look out for it. And this was at the behest of the very school boards that you guys are attending. So we got to keep our, uh, we've got to keep our boots on the neck of the educational establishment because like the medical establishment, they have gone, in many cases, outside the rails. And the rails, the guardrails of truth, of virtue, have uh, have now been widened so far that I, I don't know that there are any guardrails anymore in our society. When I think about professional organizations in the medical realm, to pivot to that, Saying that uh, you know you're some kind of a charlatan, you're 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 somewhere back in the, you know the the 1800s. If you if you question whether we should really be authorizing, validating, endorsing, and in some cases encouraging our children who you know are expressing some questions about you know eh, you know I really like playing with the trucks and the and the GI Joe soldiers and uh, you know putting erector sets together. Uh, if I'm a little girl and all of a sudden, you know, that used to be, okay, well, sometimes my daughter likes to play with my boy's toys and my boy likes to play with my girl's stuff. When I was a kid, I used to do the Kenner Bake Easy Oven. I did, Mike, that's, did you know, do you know what an Easy Bake Oven is, Leah? I do. <laughs> I bet you Leah doesn't even know. Do they still make, Leah, do they still make Easy Bake Oven? I don't know. I'm not sure. I know what you're talking know. about, though. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I used to do that. Well, my mom didn't say, well, you better go to the pediatrician and you better, oh, we better talk about Randy becoming transgender because it seems like he wants to be a girl. Oh, excuse me. I talked about traditional stereotypical roles. Shame on me. There you go. That, that outs me as some kind of a, some kind of a misogynist, uh, uh, you know, Neanderthal, right? <laughs> hmm. Well, 
be careful. Be very careful. It's a slippery slope. And if we let them get away with it, with this realm, they'll be getting away with other things. And we just can't continue to let them uh, take our children and do an experiment. What is the grandest experiment on our children uh, medically that I have ever witnessed? We are witnessing this now. And don't forget that the vast majority of children, the vast majority, probably around 80% is what the best science that I can find says will express at some point some doubt about their biological gender and their chosen or their gender uh, tendencies. That will happen transiently in the lives of many children. Are we going to take four-fifths of them and continue to push them down that road, knowing that ultimately, if left alone, if just not made a big deal of, the vast majority of these kids will decide to be what they were meant to be by God, the creator. Really? Do we want to be a part of that experiment? How is that different than the Tuskegee experiment in which black men in the South were allowed to acquire, were allowed to have untreated syphilis and fi- just to find out what it would do. One of the most horrific experiments that medical science has ever been involved in. I mean, probably second only to what happened with with Nazi doctors. I, I shouldn't even use the word doctors. I don't know what you'd call them. How does this differ? We're doing an experiment on a whole generation of children. And, and our medical community, our, many in the academic community, even our professional organizations, the pediatricians, the gynecologists, they're endorsing this kind of stuff. Now, look, if you're an adult and you're at the age where your prefrontal judgmental cortex has has sorted this out. I don't have a problem with that, okay? I'm a freedom of choice person, but we don't allow children to smoke young. We don't allow them to own guns young. We don't allow them to drive young because they don't have their minds wired together. Yet we're going to determine with some kind of a whim they become a tomboy, as Brittany Aldean said. Well, yeah, look at her now. Boy, she sure looks like someone who should have become trans, right? Wow. All right, enough of the railing on that. I'm Randy Tobler. We're going to talk with Gabe Pfeiffer. Talk about some rocket science, the Artemis launch, and yeah, a little politics too when we come back. You hear Gabe every uh, Monday through Friday here on News Talk STL along with Mike Ferguson. Uh, And uh, we'll talk to him right after the break. Thanks for being here on this Labor Day weekend edition of the Randy Tobler Show. Right around the corner, Gabe Pfeiffer. Look at that. Leah knows what gets Randy Tobler going. Earth, wind, and fire. How did you know, Leah? Uh, I wonder if Gabe Pfeiffer likes Earth, wind, and fire. You know, Gabe Pfeiffer joins us now. You hear him every uh, Monday through Friday here on News Talk STL in the mornings with Mike Ferguson. How you doing, Gabe? Are Are you an EWF fan? Good morning, Doc. Oh, oh, absolutely. I, I, I think there might be something wrong with you if, if you don't at least, you know, be capable of tapping your foot to earth, wind, and fire. 
<laughs> well, that takes me back to my days in the music business, and I just uh, uh, the the days when horns were a part of bands. You know, Earth, Wind, and Fire, oh, and yeah. Tower of go. Power, and Blood, Sweat, and Tears. And I mean, uh, and being a trombone player, you know. Now you're a you got to be a mathematics whiz to do what you do. Being a rocket scientist and an MIT guy, and a lot of times people that uh, are math, the uh, you know geniuses, uh, are connected with music somehow. Do you do you play an instrument? Are you musical? Uh, yes, I uh, I actually uh, I play drums and I sing in our uh, church praise band and uh, back way back in the day I used to play trumpet ah. so I'm 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 with the horns too yeah <laughs> ah very very good hey I've been uh, I've been scratching my head over this Artemis thing and before sure. we get into some politics a little bit later um, I thought my gosh what a what a privilege it is to have Gabe Pfeiffer who knows more about this than probably anyone in the metro area. <laughs> If not Missouri, <laughs> if not the Midwest, uh, tell us about this. We keep hearing about fuel leaks. That's what scrubbed the, the launch on Monday. And then now again, that's being reported, just breaking that they're seeing the same thing. Can you explain this in something that us, you know, us IQ lower than a hundred people can understand? Well, to skip all of the, uh, the difficult stuff, we'll say, uh, cryogenic fuel is very difficult to, to work with. Um, it's it's very it's very leaky. We'll say it's it's tough to get. Um, you know your typical valve for something like liquid fuel, like gas and things, or uh, you know gasoline, I should say, things like that. It, it it tends to be a bit more stringent when we're working with a, a like a cryogenic fluid, like uh, what they have for the, the the fuel on these things. Okay, so it, as I understand it, it, it's like it's at a very low, low, low temperature. Is it like a gel, or I mean, is it more prone to make to to stressing out uh, connections, valves, whatever? I mean, and and is it unusual to see this kind of a problem recurring in in the technology that's being used? Is this new technology? I guess that's the question. Oh no, they've been using uh, liquid hydrogen for uh, a while now. Um, but the, the the whole point of the low temperature is so that hydrogen could be stored as a liquid, because you know typically at room temperature, at, at normal atmospheric temperatures, hydrogen is a gas. Uh, so in order to get it to down to its liquid state, it requires a very very low temperature. So that that's why it's it's a, it's a, it's a cryogenic fuel. But uh, but essentially yes you're right it, it's just it's just tough to work with it it behaves differently than your typical liquid and of course you know the, the low temperatures make everything more complicated so one of the things that that goes through my mind and i don't know whether it's just i it's probably ignorance breeds fear you know <laughs> but i'm thinking okay We've had now one launch scrubbed because of not one, but two, I think, leaks on Monday. And then now this morning, I'm thinking, okay, so if it's that um, fragile, mm -hmm. and maybe that's wrong to assume that there's a fragility to the hardware that's allowing these leaks, what's to prevent the shaking and the rocking and rolling of the, you know, G-forces and all of the launch, you know, as it occurs from opening another leak on the way up and then what the heck happens then i mean i just is is that the same kind of a leak that we're talking about here that resulted in damage to the solid rocket fuel boosters that resulted in the challenger disaster uh fuel leaks are a recurring problem with rocketry just because the um 
Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember the term here, but it, but basically the 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 limitations of manufacturing ability <laughs> is, uh, is it's tough to rectify when you're when you're dealing with these types of, of fuels. So uh, usually when when things are manufactured, there's always a little bit of leeway. You know, you know, it, an inch an inch isn't exactly an inch. It's sometimes point nine nine eight inches, right? So sometimes that point zero zero two deficiency can can be meaningful. Um, and it's, it tends to be more meaningful when you get into things like this. And of course, the safety margins are really what's what's uh, part of the issue as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have we have leaky things that we deal with on a regular basis down here on Earth because the consequences of the leak are pretty minimal. You know, okay, you know, you're going to pay a little extra on your water bill because your your faucet leaks a little bit, or um, there's a there's a slight leak of fumes coming from your gas tank right now. I can almost guarantee it, but it's not going to cause any disastrous issues. A very, very slight uh, uh, leak, a very slight um, uh, gap in between a seal on a rocket uh, because of all of the rocking and rolling and shaking that it can go through can cause significant problems. So all of, all of that leads to, them being extra, extra careful about everything they do. Okay, so they're going to go overboard in making sure that there's absolutely no no margin for error here and no uh, no skimping on those decision-making processes, which, of course, resulted in the tragedies we've seen in the past. Okay, super good. Exactly. Uh, yep. I, to, to pivot a little bit, and again, th- talking with Gabe Pfeiffer, uh, co-host on the Mike uh, Ferguson show Monday through Friday here on News Talk STL in the mornings um, at John Philosopher uh, on uh, Twitter. I, I've had people that are normally very uh, eloquent and verbose being literally speechless as I've talked to them about the Biden thing. I'm talking about on-air people. I interviewed one of my favorite independent women's forum uh, people, Charlotte Hayes, Friday in my uh, on my afternoon show in in Columbia yesterday, and she was speechless. What, are you speechless over Joe Biden's t- uh, talk the other night? Because th- his talk has left many people speechless. And if you're not, please speech on this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm I'm sure I, I have plenty to say. It, whether it's um, radio worthy or not is the question, and I don't want to get fired. So, <laughs> um, no, but really. <laughs> <laughs> really, the the problem, of course, is that um, we we've never really tread this ground before as Americans, where uh, a, a president, not at a political rally, but basically speaking from behind the presidential seal in a in a prime time address, usually reserved for emergencies and calls for unity, um, he goes after his political enemies in such a way as to make them sound as though they are um, a threat to national security. It's it's basically the first time in history we have one of those situations to deal with, and everyone's kind of scrambling to figure out. I My personal thinking on this is as scary as it is, as, as uh, really messed up as the entire situation is, I think it would behoove us on the right to focus on the midterms, 2022, um, because the people in the middle who aren't really paying attention to this stuff, who weren't, who weren't directly affected by the, uh, the call of, 
of uh, uh, MAGA Republicans being threats to America who don't consider themselves that but could vote for uh, uh, someone on the right. Um, they're not they're not really paying attention to this type of type of stuff. And we need to focus on the fact that the Biden administration is essentially destroying their lives. So uh, Biden wants this to be a distraction. Uh, he wants to be he wants to make it a, a call to action for his base. Uh, he, he wants to mm-hmm. sway perhaps some people in the middle who who are kind of trepidatious about the, what happened on January 6th and try to get them to to see us in the same light as he's painting. Um, but yeah. uh, ultimately, we need to, to point them back to the kitchen table uh, uh, aspects of, of life, you know, the gas prices, the empty shelves, the uh, the the various instabilities around the world remind them that the Biden administration did this and that we have solutions. I couldn't agree with you more, and I'm sorry to see the uh, many on the right taking the bait, Gabe, uh, w- on these distractions. I mean, the Mar-a-Lago thing. Uh, I, I, for one, am getting tired of trying to defend what appears to be, at a minimum, reckless behavior on the part of Donald Trump in handling these things. Um, and maybe just mm-hmm. just directional, uh, di- di- very, uh, uh, what would you call it, oppositional defiant type behavior, which we know he's capable of. Um, and and I think we spend way too much time to, talking about that. Why not say, yeah, he may have screwed up, but what does that have to do, as you said, Gabe, with your ability to get a, a home loan that you can afford, your ability to afford the groceries you put on the table. Uh, what about the concerns about your kids maybe trying to get an Adderall drug at college and end up having it laced with fentanyl and dying from fentanyl poisoning? These are the things that we should be focusing on. I hope the RNC is listening to you this morning, Gabe, because it's it's frustrating to me. It's, it's really bad. On, on another front, you are on a bad faith. And, and I, for one, am glad to hear that. I'm thankful that you're unabashed about that. I, I too, uh, would like to see more of us on the right emphasize that, as John Adams said, uh, the Constitution only works and this, democ- this democratic republic only works if we have a moral and religious people. Your thoughts on faith and freedom and family in this political season, and I mean not only the midterms, but in general, Gabe. Uh, I think, in general, uh, the the Christian Church, I, I suppose, as an as an institution, as a uh, as an active uh, participant in in society, has been derelict in its duty, in our duty. I'm going to uh, claim that as well. We've kind of kept our head down a lot. We've we've uh, uh, defaulted more to the idea that, well, you know, our our faith is personal, and we don't want to make it political and things like that. But the thing is, everything is political. Everything is a social influence. And our absence from these spaces are, are you know, the, having ceded all, a lot of that ground to the, the Marxist revolutionaries has allowed them to claim new territory again and again and again throughout the decades. And now we're seeing all of that come to fruition. All the children that we kind of abandoned to Caesar are now showing up acting like Romans, and now we're acting surprised. That's just that's how it works. Um, so it's it would behoove us basically to get more active, to get more loud, frankly, um, about uh, the importance of the 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 central ideas of society, of reality. Um, we, you know, we have we have science on our side. You know, really, we we have these proven ideas. We have uh, just the the testimony of 
of reality comparing one system to another that we can point to and say, this is the right way to go for all peoples, even if it sounds a little religious to your ears. Yeah, and I think that's the challenge is to respectfully but deftly separate a specific denomination or a specific orthodoxy uh, or a specific gospel message from, from the reality that Western civilization is based on Judeo-Christian principles, those Ten Commandments, respect your neighbor, don't kill anyone, don't take your neighbor's stuff, you know, respect your mom and dad. You know? and, and I think that uh, for, for, for even atheists to deny that those are pivotal uh, cornerstones of our society is something we just need to reject. When they rege- when they say, oh, well, the morality is just something natural, well, it isn't. People are basically evil, and it takes that kind of a Judeo-Christian construct and guardrails to make it work. And But the minute you mention that you're a Christian or that you're a Jew or any—boy, these days, you're, you're automatically canceled. And I think uh, I'm glad to hear that you're fighting back against it, and you, along with many here on this station and across the— uh, the, the spectrum are, are finally fighting back and saying, no, enough's enough. We're not going to take it. We're going to stand boldly for the faith. Hey, well, Absolutely. Gabe, thank you for being with me. It's always great to talk with you. And thanks for your insight into not only the political realities of our time, but uh, but the, the technical realities of what's going on down there in Florida at the NASA launch pad. And uh, I know you guys will be talking about this on Monday, whether the rocket goes off or not. Oh, yeah. It's it's exciting times, I think, when it comes to that stuff. We're going back to the moon, baby, and then on to Mars. I think all of that is yeah. is great. And, and just kind of to tie our two uh, ideas together, I, I, I regard science as basically a sort of a sub-tier of theology, where we, we explore God's creation, and, and in doing so, we learn a little bit more about Him oh. and how He has constructed uh, this world, and, and hopefully it can inform us on how to best conduct ourselves within it. So uh, here's, here's all of that. All righty. Well, thanks, Gabe. Have a great uh, Labor Day weekend, man. Hope you enjoy your time with family and a little time off. We'll be listening next week for sure. All right. You too. God bless. All right. There he is. All right. You too. Gabe Pfeiffer. Great, great voice here on News Talk STL, as are all of the celebrities that you hear. Uh, It's a privilege to share a mic with the great people here on on this station. And so whether I uh, stream it on the app or through the website, or uh, listen to it on the good old radio. It's always a great listen. You're listening to News Talk STL 1019-941, Randy Tobler. We're going to wrap it up here with a great conversation with someone from the Discovery Institute. We've talked with him before, looking forward to this, about a piece he wrote called Labor Day Honors Exceptionalism That Won't Be Canceled. Scott Powell, expert economist, joins us right around a corner. I'm Randy Tobler. There's Leah. We are The Tobler Show. Be right back. Welcome back to the program as we celebrate the work ethic, the industriousness, the creativity of America. And uh, who better to discover that and rediscover it with than Scott S. Powell with the Discovery Institute, an author of Rediscovering America, a fabulous book. And uh, second time we've been able to talk with Scott, and it's always a privilege to, to bring him to you. How are you doing, Scott? Thank you for being with me this morning on this Labor Day weekend show. Well, look, it's a pleasure to be with you and your audience. It really is. 
Well, so I saw this piece you wrote about Labor Day. That and what does it do? It honors exceptionalism. That's a that's a dirty word these days in a in a uh, a woke America, isn't it? Well, uh, you know, you yes, I, I guess it, it could be. But the reality is, when people really understand the meaning of Labor Day, uh, most people will connect with it. You know, because Labor Day is a rather vague holiday without the clarity and meaning typically associated with other holidays. But in its complete context, Labor Day should be recognized as the holiday that celebrates not only labor, okay, because everybody understands that, uh, but also the ideas, the job creators, the the institutions, uh, the visionaries that have been central to the flourishing of uh America and and uh, our people, um, and you know when we think about the qualities of character and and rediscovering America really goes into this in more detail. By the way, this article is is really taken right out of uh, a chapter, chapter twelve in in the book. Um, <clears throat> and when we think back on the on colonial America, uh, you, we recognize that. These were unusual people. Uh, these early settlers were, of course, they were select, self-selecting people. They were willing to leave the familiarity of their European homes and cross a dangerous ocean. In those days, I mean, you know, the odds of getting to the other side were were probably uh, 50% almost. Um, but And they were tough, and they were willing to sacrifice, take risk. So they were predisposed to forgo immediate gratification, and work hard. This was the foundation of America. These are who these people were. Um, and what did we find happened? Well, they not only prospered, but uh, the Puritans in Boston, within a gener- generation or two, uh, many of the descendants had, a- had achieved surprising uh, wealth uh, Then, in many cases was sort of created out of nothing. And in contrast to today, what stands out about these uh, uh, the the early colonial period was the absence of poverty. No one was poor. People took care of each other. Of course, there was no welfare state, but people were different. They they understood that if you if you didn't work, you didn't eat. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think don't you, don't you think, Scott, that um, there's been a disconnect between many modern americans young people some and i don't want to do too broad of a breaststroke here but it's that loss of um the command and the nudge from a creator <laughs> because many Absolutely. don't recognize a creator that says use your talents use your blessings to help your fellow man to build a better life for not only your family but your community your nation and it seems as though now it's all about protecting my safe space, protecting my truth, whatever that is, no matter how ab- absurd it is. And it's we've become this individualized, godless society. And I think that's why we've lost our resiliency, our grit, our commitment to one another rather than to self. I like to say that many Americans need an ophthalmologist because they've suffered from eye disease. You know what I mean? <laughs> Your thoughts? I... You know, I, I I fully I fully agree with you. Um, um, let me just uh, my phone needed to have been turned off. Here we go. All right. Um, you know, it's interesting that you raise that point because somehow I, I was led to do a a, stu- a search in the Bible about work, 
And um, someone told me about that there's a, uh, a software program that allows you to find out how many times a word comes up in the Bible, through the whole Bible, Old and New Testament. So I, I, I put in a lot of different words. I put in prayer, faith, hope, joy, forgiveness, mercy, grace, peace, you know, every, every virtuous religious term I could think of, and I put work in there. And the Bible makes more than 450 references to the value and importance of work. Wow. And it and and it comes up as a virtue more times than it refers to all those other virtues I just mentioned. Can you believe that? the the only oh, uh, the the words that came up more uh, more often were heaven uh, and and give uh, give came up more than work. So it, it really it really tells us a lot about um, how we should live our lives. We should live to give, but that work is a virtue, and when we work. Uh, we, we find our meaning, we find dignity, uh, and, and by the way, people that argue that capitalism, that the free market system is a system based on greed are, I mean, they're so short-sighted. The reality is that you only succeed in, in a business producing a good or a service when you're, when you're producing something that other people want. In other words, you're serving other people. And yes, you have to produce a quality product, and you have to price it fairly. The market takes care of that, and if you can do that, then you're you are giving to other people. And yes, you're being compensated for it. Well, you should be because you took the time to develop it, so you need to be paid back for your time. Maybe there's material ingredients. There's there's the stuff that goes into the production of the product. Uh, those are costs. They need to be recouped. But the profit is uh, you know allows you to actually measure whether your your product, whether you've been successful or not. And, of course, that's why government programs and socialism utterly fail. There's no measurement of success. There's no, there's no, no measurement of profit. There's no bottom line, if you will. And I know in your book, Scott, you talk about the, the great difference that not only in those interactions between the, the producer and the consumer of a good or service – and 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 how that transaction in a free market uh, capitalist system is is what brings advance and what brings progress in the true way not the way progressives use the word now but but not only have we individually in here in America raised the level of and, and of our of our standard of living but it's had a tremendous influence on raising the standard of living across the globe more than any other country you're so right. Yeah, you you're, you know what I wrote. You know, you know what that chapter is all about. I, I I make the point that that uh, you know uh, America is an exceptional uh, country for many reasons. First and foremost, you know America has several firsts in the history of mankind. First of all, it was the first nation uh, that established a government whose primary purpose was to protect the unalienable God-given rights of its people. And those rights were, and according to the Declaration of Independence, uh, you know, uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Um, that The government's function was to protect those rights. It's not doing that very well right now, but that is still there in the, in the Declaration and it's part of our constitutional heritage. And, you know, what accounts for our, our, our country's, uh, you know, success and by the way, most people don't realize it, but most countries' constitutions last about 20 years. In the, in the, in the history, when you go look back on history, 
governments come and go and they change a lot. Uh, America has had the same constitutional Republican government for 234 years now. So we, we oughtn't to just uh, think we ought to we need we need to discard it or radically change it. It actually, you know, has served us extraordinarily well. And look what we've we've our exceptionalism can be reflected in a couple of ways. We're four percent of the of the world's population, but we have produced ninety six percent of the creativity in the world. We're four percent of the population uh, in America, but we've created twenty five percent of the world's wealth. That is exceptional. Um, so, uh, you know, we have so much to be grateful for. And when we really yeah. think about, our, you know, There's our There's no lives, doubt about it. And it is indeed, um, you know, a, a wonderful country, a wonderful constitution. And it's time that we take it back. Scott Powell, thank you for being with me. I would commend everyone to read your book, Recovering America. Uh, and it's it's all about uh, our basic principles, our core first principles, and the things that are going to really restore us to, uh, yes, that great country that we once were and that we see eroding unless we grab it back. Thanks, Scott, and have a great Labor Day weekend. Thank you, and you, you likewise to you. Happy Labor Day. Well, there he is, Powell, and again, the book is Rediscovering America, uh, fabulous. And um, if you if you're if your belief that this country can be sustained and can, on the virtue of the Constitution and those principles that it espouses, um, can live on and, and, and make continue to make a better world, not only for our children, but for those uh, around the world, because we can through influencing, um, read this book. It gives you optimism in a time when uh, our institutions are being threatened, our educational institutions, our uh, justice system is uh, certainly under assault from um, evildoers. I, I, how else can you describe it? Evildoers that are on witch hunts, on political witch hunts, um, and uh, are not uh, consistent in the way that they uh, do things. Uh, so we hope that uh, this will be a good read for you. I would commend it to you. I want to thank you for being with me this week as uh, we have brought you several guests. If you don't get a chance to listen to the show uh, live, I know it's Saturday morning. A lot of folks like to sleep in. Make sure you catch the Encore um, uh, production, which is, of course, tomorrow evening, Sunday evenings from 9 to 12. And you can always catch it on demand on the podcast, which will be up just a little bit later. And stay in touch with me on Twitter at Randy Tobler, MD, and uh, with Leah as well at Leah Elmstadt. So for Leah, I am Randy Tober. I wish you the best of uh, this weekend. And for those of you who are uh, in the in the trades, I really want to commend you. Thank you for all you do. I can't figure out how you guys do what you do. It's magic. I, I'm, I just am so unskilled at all those things. And I want to remind you that, again, faith, family, and freedom will restore this country and continue to bring us the goodness, the bounty of God's greatest planet, greatest country this planet has ever seen. For Leah, I'm Randy Tobler. Have a great Labor Day weekend. We'll see you next week. In the beauty of the lilies, Christ was born across the sea with a glory in his bosom that transfigures you. And me as he died to make men holy. Lay-